Inside Source Inside Source is the regular audio journal on the events and people making the news worldwide from Source Fabric. This is the second dispatch from Tbilisi, Georgia, where we've been talking to a young journalist working with Liberali, one of the country's few independent news outlets. She spoke to us about her first job as a journalist, and how's this for an assignment, covering the conflict with Russia in 2008. Georgia's 2008 conflict with Russia further complicated matters for independent media in the country. Since its declaration of independence in 1991, Georgia has swung between independent media booms and independent media repression. One of the most difficult things in trying to understand exactly what the country's media landscape actually looks like is that much of the reporting on the media comes from the media. In many countries that's a bias we accept, draw into our judgments and look past. In Georgia, the situation is not quite so simple. Why? Because of the amount of influence the government holds over newspapers, radio and television. So how do we get the inside story on what's happening in the country? You talk to a journalist. Douglas Arulanes was in Tbilisi to do just that. This is Douglas Arulanes. I'm the director of clients and services at Source Fabric and I'm in Tbilisi, Georgia. One of the things that uh, is interesting about working in Georgia is that it's a place where uh, it's not exactly the easiest to be a journalist. Uh, there's uh, quite a lot of difficulty, and that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in today's podcast. The, the newspapers and the news media are really divided into two camps, right? There's yeah, right. pro-government and anti-government, is yeah, that, right. I mean, or pro-opposition, and then there aren't very many uh, independent outlets? Uh, I mean, uh, broadcasting companies, TV channels are really divided into two camps, uh, pro-governmental and oppositional, opposition-owned, mm -hmm. it's not only oppositional, like Maestro, for example, it's one of our TV channels, and there are also, I mean, three, uh, there are two main uh, commercial TV channels, it's called Rustavi 2 and Imedi, uh, one is public broadcasting, uh, which is also not, uh, which has very low rating and not really watched. Public meaning state-owned? Uh, no, no, it's uh, public broadcasting, uh -huh. it's not state-owned, oh. it's supported by budget. So okay. people pay for it, but people don't watch really it. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I know we call it kind of curse okay. of public broadcast because it's re it was rebranded several times, and but still people don't watch it. And uh, so I mentioned two, uh, two channels which are pro-governmental. We can't prove they're just getting money from certain uh, I mean, groups, but they are pro-governmental. So you can just uh, switch on and see right in the first, uh, like, uh, the, from very beginning of the news really you can see that it's pro-governmental and uh, another one is Maestro it's also very critical and it, but it's opposition owned so how many TV stations are there in, uh, in Tbilisi three so Maestro Abkhazia so five main 
channels. So five main channels. Five main channels. And then right. how many national uh, channels? Six, maybe six channels. I mean, there are national okay. channels. All six, six of those six are national. Channel. Then some regional channels uh, okay. for in different regions. And, and how many radio stations here in Tbilisi? Uh, radio stations. There are several radio stations, but they are not. Um, uh, say, for example, uh, Radio Liberty, we have mm -hmm. Radio Liberty, which regularly covers, which has uh, kind of programs, but mm -hmm. others are pretty lame uh, because uh, they have some news programs, but not really analytical programs. They have news reels every hour or every half an hour, but it's not really analytical. And what about print media? So yeah. there, there is Liberali. There are two magazines, actually main magazines, Liberali and also another one is Tabula, but it's uh, tabula? Tabula. It's called Tabula. It's also um, analytical magazine. There are, there are newspapers, several newspapers. Um, some of them are, but I, I, some of them are very radical, oppositional. Uh, so some of them are more or less balanced. But still, you can see, you know, uh, when you when you read newspaper, you can see that, and you can like guess mm -hmm. in which camp, like uh, or to which camp it belongs to. Mm -hmm. And also, they're very low quality. It's not uh, not only about being biased. Mm -hmm. It's really uh, it's really about quality. What kind of stories you are writing? What kind of? They are mostly interviews mm -hmm. uh, because it's uh, it's re really easy just to record interview. Then uh, I, I know I'm doing. Doing one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just you know, remember just to uh, like copy it and just copy paste in your and. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's more. It's much more like it's easier than just imagine recording another like someone, another journalist, another, another, another like different sources, then combining, then writing something new from your perspectives. For a lot of outsiders as well, the, uh, a lot of what we remember from Georgia was the, the war in 2008. What was that like? I mean, you, you were here, right? What was, what was it like for you? Uh, I was here, I was covering, I was just graduating the institute, so I wasn't working anywhere, just, it was just small radio, uh, radio station, uh, institute radio station, so it also, also was closed and I was just um, fixing and helping some international journalists who were here during the war, so I was really involved, I, I was, it was my inner uh, like um, requirement, I don't know how to say. So you you were a fixer. I was going to Gori and uh, uh, helping there to cover. So I, I so yeah. Then we made several radio stories also for our uh, radio station. But during the war, I was yeah. I, I went there and I saw like it was um, I saw Gori in not in flames right uh, at the moment but it was after several days it was still like um, windows were smashed and it was still very and some there were scars of war everywhere uh, but it's not it's it was still not like that that I, that I expected and because uh, our TV channels were just constantly repeating this video shots of bombing and I expected much, much worse situation there. And I just thought that it was, I know, there were all the buildings were destroyed. And uh, so I, I expected much worse to see there. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, we know that it's all about propaganda, so. <laughs> but you weren't, you weren't you scared? I mean, going out into a war zone with, the, was, with foreign journalists? Young. Yeah, I was very young because it was uh, three years ago and I was so motivated and I couldn't stay here because uh, I, I wanted to use all the resources and I warned uh, our um, coordinator here that if anyone wants to go there, because I was not working and I, I, I just graduated and I wanted to contribute somehow to reporting and to re to see with my eyes what was going there uh, so and many international journalists were coming here so I was uh, several times there were some Danish journalists German journalists and also Washington Post reporter which uh, who she was my lecture too, then it was aftermath of war. But during bombings, yeah, they were there. And several times we were not, we couldn't enter because people were looting there and journals also were uh, looted and some journalists, uh, yeah, they were robbed of their cars and equipment. So my, my Danish journalists uh, just refused to go there. They were um, scared to lose their you know, just bulging cameras. And, and but uh, with German journalists, we entered there. The, it was the first time I saw Gori with my eyes. So we went to Stalin Museum, in the courtyard, and uh, uh, also meet people there who were who stayed there after bombings and uh, see their houses and just ask them to remember that night and these bombings. Some people and also Russian uh, army and who were patrolling there and some of them were telling us that uh, we're remembering how they escaped, how their relatives escaped and they were in Tbilisi. Um, it was really very hard to talk with people who just uh, were there during uh, the bombings. Others were saying that Russians were very polite with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, there were different points of view, so it was really because uh, on uh, in newscasts we got all all negative information and just uh, partially information because only BBC or other international journals were uh, like uh, could uh, do um, like comprehensive job because so we were just getting information from Gori or from our villages, but not. Uh, on uh, their on their in their side. So what was going there? So it was really interesting for me to work there, and also then uh, covering aftermath, internal displayed people who come to Tbilisi and they just entered. Uh, uh, school buildings, uh, kindergarten buildings, they were staying there at night uh, without any food and people were bringing some food and clothes and then they were all then transferred to so-called uh, camps. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, settlements, it's called IDP settlements and right. they're all over like near Tbilisi and also in different cities like in Gori and other places. Are they still there? Yeah, they are. They are, and uh, it's it's a special settlement, and uh, you can uh, see it from from the distance. Very uh, distance. It's like small houses, detached houses, uh, one-story buildings, uh, and they just they're very similar, just identical, and they're approximately, I mean, maybe up to. 200 or something houses just on the line horizontally mm -hmm. and uh, vertically and you mm -hmm. uh, like examine from very distance and they're called IDP settlements. Are there, is there any chance to get them back to at least close to where they were before? Uh, you know, some people can't uh, uh, back, go back there because it's also Russian occupied territories from Russian mm -hmm. occupied territories so they can't go back, return. 
uh, and some of their buildings are destroyed and uh, houses are destroyed. They are registering here and it, it belongs already, the houses belong to them, but of course most of them want to return, but ju they just can't because it's uh, Russian occupied territory they lost. And we still have this IDP problem because some of them, they, we have also old IDPs which are from Abkhazia uh, war. Uh, we, uh, so the war from Abkhazia war and they were living in Tbilisi and uh, also other cities and now it was the still like second round of um, a resettlement. Liberali is one of the more interesting Georgian publications partially because of their independence. They're one of the very few independent uh, media outlets in the country. But Tbilisi today looks very Modern, very uh, glossy. Yeah. Uh, walking down today, walking down the the main high street, Rustavelli Avenue, I felt like I was a homeless guy. I mean, there were just people just they were striking a pose. It was it was quite impressive. Uh huh. So, do you like uh, new like Avenue Tbilisi? <laughs> I, I like Tbilisi in all its shapes and forms. I think that it's it's a really fascinating place. One of the things that I've noticed as an outsider is that there really is a, a, a tremendous contrast. People are either in Mercedes or they're in just beat up Ladas that you know are missing parts. And there's, there doesn't seem to be much in between. So yeah, you know, there is really a gap uh, between uh, this, for example, even hotels, very high class, like luxury hotels. If you visit Batumi, it's seaside uh, a resort. Uh, there are luxury hotels uh, and there are also very uh, like uh, low, um, there are hotels where there is a very like bad service and uh, very cheap hotels. So yeah, there is really a gap between this uh, very luxury and uh, very bad quality. Mm -hmm. So and for a middle class, there is not really a big options for a middle class. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. And also you uh, mentioned like uh, Tbilisi's fabric of the city is mm -hmm. changing. And like uh, if you uh, saw the new bridge, glass bridge, mm -hmm. uh, which is in the uh, old Tbilisi and it was very controversial because it's a glass made of glass and like a blue glass and it's a like, historical um, as a neighborhood like everything uh, in Georgia is uh, decided by by one person it all, all uh, also was decided by one person I have one last question for you um, regarding sort of the future um, where what gives you hope I mean what makes you sort of enthusiastic about being a journalist in Georgia right now Actually, when I graduated GP, I was kind of depressed because I didn't know uh, where can I use all my knowledge and uh, things, standards, uh, which I was uh, like, uh, I, won't, I was taught. And uh, then, uh, then was this Liberali and uh, just directly it was founded and we began, to, some GP graduates began working there, young journalists, very enthusiastic. Uh, and I see there are some problems, for example, regarding this advertisement issues and that it's very difficult to survive here in Georgia when you're independent issue. Um, I still have hope and I hope that uh, young journalists like me and others just uh, we should be persistent and to be more active and uh, like to do our job here. <laughs> That's the, I know, somehow maybe we can change environment here. Eka Chitanava, thank you so much for your time. This Thanks. has been a wonderful interview. Thank you. Thank you.
That's all from Source Fabric this week. You can visit www.sourcefabric.org to find out more about independent media and the work Source Fabric does. For now, thanks for listening.